the show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom, but I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Yes, we are. Hey, welcome, moms. I am Jenny, and this is Channel Mom, where we encourage mothers. We focus on the fact that a mom's job is incredibly important because moms raise up the world's next generation, even if the media sometimes overlooks motherhood. So we're always here to cheer you on and to equip you to do your very best as a mama. And that's why we decided to look at the most effective ways to educate your kids. Okay, that's the best I could do. There's no song that says we need a good education. So uh, that's what you get. There are a ton of options and a ton of studies. So we're going to break it down for you in our three-part series on what kind of school works best, our radio and podcast series aimed at helping your child succeed. Our first guest today is kind of famous. You might have seen her or her husband on TV or in the movies. So stay tuned for Sam Sorbo right here on Channel Mom after 60 seconds to hear from our amazing sponsors. Life Center in Littleton is here for you. Whether you or someone you know needs help with groceries, GED prep, finding community, or figuring out what faith in Jesus really means, the Life Center wants to help. Located just south of downtown Littleton, we exist to offer our community practical help and lasting hope. Find out more at lifecenterlittleton.org. Moms are a big deal, but sometimes the world forgets. That's why Channel Mom Media and Outreach is here. We exist to love, coach, and encourage every mom, whether she's struggling with parenting, single motherhood, homelessness, or locked in prison. On the radio and social media, Channel Mom works to remind each mom of her importance and give her the latest and best advice. We also reach out to moms with our hands and feet, helping homeless and incarcerated moms, as well as moms in the country and mothers in the city. You can join our work by praying for us, volunteering, or giving at ChannelMom.com. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Yeah, I'm excited about this. This is our education series, folks. We're going to do a three-part series where we kind of just try to help moms sort through it all, and dads too, about what works, what doesn't, what's the latest and the greatest. That's my hope anyway. I do want you to remember uh, LifeCenterLittleton.org is there for the struggling family, but it's also there if you want to volunteer to help others who are in need. They do such a great job of training folks to be a help uh, people to people on the street and anywhere you can find somebody and to help families who are struggling and so on. So LifeCenterLittleton.org is where you find them. And I'm going to do a few mom market mentions, a shout out to the wonderful moms of Little Rock, Arkansas, and also the amazing moms in Barber County, Kansas, and our friends at WIRB in Alabama, and of course, the folks here in Denver, so grateful that you have tuned in. All right, so here's the deal. Of course, there are a lot of options in the 21st century for school, you know, charter schools, magnet schools, online public schools, private schools, uh, home schools, and then regular old you know, public school. There are also alternative schools. I should add that as well. And today we're going to ask about homeschooling. Why some say 
It's the very best option, despite its critics. We've got homeschool advocate Sam Sorbo on the show today, and oh my, this woman. She is an actress, a model, an author. You may know her husband, Kevin Sorbo, because he was Hercules in that popular TV series in the 90s. He also starred in the God's Not Dead movies. Sam also has many acting credits as well. I recently watched her uh, the movie she did with her husband. Her most, uh, she's done a couple with her husband, but her most beloved role is probably as wife and mom, mom to three teenagers, I might add. And in the process, she has become an expert on and a proponent of homeschooling. She's written a book entitled They're Your Kids, An Inspirational Journey from Self-Doubt to Homeschool Advocate. She's also penned a book with her husband called True Faith, Embracing Adversity to Live in God's Light. That's a big, long introduction. Welcome to Channel Mom, Sam. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I, yeah, it's a it blessing. sounded endless. I, <laughs> I hate myself already. <laughs> no, no, no. no, we don't hate you, dear. Okay, I do, no. have a little, I do have a little clip of you and your husband to kick us off. The two of you starred, of course, in the movie Let There Be Light as husband and wife. Here's a snippet from the movie. I saw Davy. Well, all I wanted to do was just I wanted to put my arms around him. I, I don't know what to do with it. You've gotten the best scientific explanation. It hasn't brought you any comfort. Would you consider consulting a different source? I think that was one of the most powerful scenes in the movie. Of course, it's about this couple who lost one of their children and um, the, the dad, who's an atheist, has a near-death experience. Really, um, but that scene in particular, I thought was really powerful. So good job by you guys. Thank you. You're welcome. And now I'll stop singing your praises and let you get to the real nitty-gritty. Um, just a quick statistic or two to start us off. Homeschool students, um, they say, are about 3.4% uh, of the U.S. population of students. Approximately 2 million, they believe, in the United States are being homeschooled because the Supreme Court has ruled that parents have a fundamental right to direct the education of their kids. Now, there are critics who say they don't get enough socialization and there are a number of other things, but you are here today to tell about your journey where you tried kind of everything. You tried public, you tried private, and then you uh, moved into homeschooling and you are an advocate now. So, so why don't you tell me a little bit about and tell the audience a little bit about your journey that, that landed you at homeschooling? Well, the first thing I'll say is that if you're sending your child to a public school and you're doing homework with your child, you're homeschooling. You're just doing it at the end of the day when everybody is tired and cranky and hungry. <laughs> and, uh, and I prefer to do it at the beginning of the day and not have to sort of march to the drumbeat of somebody else's uh, drum. Yeah. So uh, I started homeschooling after second grade. My son was not being served by the school, and it literally got so bad that I just said, and by the way, we moved to, like, the, the good school district, um, and it was just not acceptable to me. And I thought, the worst that can happen is I fail, but I'll fail better than they're failing. Uh -huh. In other words, my failure will look a lot better than what theirs looks like, if, if only for the relationship that I will have with my son which, of course, is what people don't really understand is that homeschooling is really about relationships. Because what you want to do is you want to have somebody who can teach themselves. And you want them to be able to teach themselves all the way into adulthood. Yeah. Because, frankly, your child's going to have five careers before they're 30. Uh, they're going to need to be able to understand how to learn new, new things. Um, and the technology world is changing so quickly today. And so I, I encourage parents to think about that as we've reached a point where we are completely acknowledging that our education system is failing, 
and we are completely helpless to do anything about it. And the reason is because we have been raised by that same education system to think that we are incapable. And so parents say to me, oh, I'm, not, I'm just not capable of home educating. I don't know where to start. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but you graduated high school, right? Oh, yeah, I graduated high school. And you feel inadequate to teaching a third grader. Like, what does that say about the system that you graduated from? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It should set off, like, alarm bells in our heads. But we are so conditioned not to criticize the system in any meaningful way, right? We can, we can sort of be aggravated about particular teachers or whatever, but we're, we're, we're conditioned not to criticize the system. And so even though we all admit, oh, yeah, there's a problem, we, we're, we're incapacitated, if you will, by that same system. And then I say to them, but you're willing to send your pride and joy, your progeny, your, your sweet little girl or boy, into the system that turned out the likes of you, somebody who feels incapable of teaching a third grader. Yeah, let's, that's let's an interesting question. That through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, and, and I've been doing some research, and uh, disclaimer here, just so you know, um, everybody knows that my husband is a superintendent in a public school system. And yet, I have been critical, and uh, at one point was tempted to homeschool simply because half my Christian friends were homeschooling, and I thought, man, am I losing my ability to impact my child here about uh, in a certain way about their value system. Um, so, so I have sympathy for all sides. So that's one reason I'm doing this series is because I because I see the good goodwill in all sides. I will say, interestingly enough, some of the moves in public school is to say, we've got to create relational trust. We've got to do away with too many standards because we're not focusing on any one thing and and teaching a child how to learn on their own. We have to to uh, help them with guided practice. So so they learn how to do the the problems and solve the problems on their own. Um, I mean, so it's interesting because you're bringing up some of the things that public schools know they need to work on and 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 you are saying but look you've got the freedom of doing it in your home i'd love for you sam to point out what you think kind of the biggest failure in the public school system is and then also the private school i, I read where you said you felt like the, the private school was so focused on behavior and, that your child sort of lost his interest in mathematics because because of the way the rote way that they did it so tell me what you think the big problems are for you and, and they can just be one of of public and of private Right. So first of all, I, I want to point out that I don't go after teachers. I don't go after administrators individually. I don't believe that they are the problem. I think that they're, for the most part, trying to do a good job in a broken system. Uh-huh. Uh, so, and, and, and your husband is included in that, obviously. Um, the, the, the criticism that I had of my small pro, uh, Christian school was of that particular teacher who somehow managed to, um, to imbue in my son, a fear of the thing that he that he had absolutely loved before and is now back to loving. Okay. I don't know how that happened. But what I will say is that when I met with her, just to check to make sure that everything, you know, we were there for six weeks, I wanted to see if everything was going well. Because, and I put my, my children in that little school because I thought that they could do a better job than I was doing. Her focus of our meeting was how well-behaved my son was. Now, I did not ask her how well-behaved he was. I was there to do an academics check. But she spent five minutes telling me how she would sit down the misbehaved child next to my son to see if it would rub off on the misbehaved child to behave better. And lo and behold, it worked. And Mm -hmm. I went, but that's not the purpose that I'm seeking for my education of my child. That's not my purpose, is not to allow other children to behave better. (laughs) 
that's a side result. I get it, but that's not the focus. And that that was her focus because she came from the public system, and the public system is necessarily geared towards behavior modification. They have to get a bunch of students to behave a certain way so that there isn't chaos. You can't blame them. That's the system. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was I was pulled aside one day, just sort of out of the blue. And the woman dragged me over to meet her big, burly husband who stood there with his arms folded. He said, why? Why should I? Just just short-circuit it for me. I just shortcut. What's the answer? And I, without even thinking, I said, well, I don't think my children belong in an institution. Do you? Mm-hmm. And, and it really boils down to that. Your children are individuals. Is it one-size-fits-all for your child? I mean, I was just talking with somebody whose child is severely, well, moderately to severely dyslexic. And so they're struggling in the system. Yeah. And I said, well, maybe this is something that you want to consider. So the system tells you that they're all about college prep and career readiness, right? That's mm-hmm. the slogan. Yes, it is. Well, I'm sorry. That sounds like a Ponzi scheme to me because college prep is go spend a ton of money for not getting a career at this point. That's what it's come down to. So yeah. why are they telling every child that college is the only answer when it's demonstrably untrue. Well, and, and, my, then, hu- and my husband has great reserves about that because he's, he, he knows that a lot of kids are not going to be helped by going to college. So he focuses strongly on the career ready thing. And so I, I hear where you're coming from. I want to make sure, Sam, cause, cause this goes, this time goes so quickly that we talk about a couple of things that are, that are, um, sort of most known about homeschooling, the social aspect and, and then how homeschool kids do. Now, the surveys do say that homeschooled students score about 72 points higher than the national average on the scholastic app, you know, on the SAT. The uh, average uh, ACT they, is eight, uh, 21, and the average homeschooler scores a point or two above that. So, so there's some evidence that suggests that homeschoolers do better uh, than the average public school student. However, um, those who are critical of that survey say, well, but homeschool students are more likely to come from homes with educated parents, more likely to come from higher incomes, and parents who stay together, and they watch less TV. So they're like, well, maybe if we all monitored these things and we still send our kids to public school, we'd do just as well. What do you think of that? Well, I don't cotton to tests. I don't understand why we're so hung up on the tests. Uh, The reason is because we've been taught that the tests are very important. Um, They're not. They're important if you want to go to college. Other than that, I don't understand the the focus on the tests, frankly, Um, because because now they're teaching to the test. Yeah, And so if they're only teaching to the test, then you're not raising somebody who can think. You're raising somebody who can repeat what they've been told. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not raising parents. I'm raising children who will become young adults and then adults and, and hopefully good citizens, right, of the, of the nation and of the world. Um, so the testing thing, uh, you know, yes, yes, the homeschoolers are doing better on the test. Let, let's take a, a brief look at the history of home education. When it first started back, well, it started before this, but sort of in the 1970s, there were parents who had children who did not fit in the system. And the system is a one-size-fits-all, for the most part, right? Um, Individual teachers were making exceptions. We're not talking about the teachers themselves because I don't get down on teachers. They're trying to do the best they can in a broken system, and I've said that. But you have these children who were sort of misfits. And it, at some point, the parents said, you know what, this just isn't working for my child. It's breaking him. It's, it's, it's damaging him. i got to find a different way. 
And so those children were the ones who were brought home for home education, but they were the misfits. And so the home educators became these weirdos with misfit kids, right, Mm -hmm. for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And then other people started to sort of pay attention and say, you know what, I'm not crazy about what's going on in the schools. Maybe I'll try that kind of homeschooling thing, even though my child's not so much of a misfit. I'm just not not satisfied with what's happening, which was kind of my my um, my journey in a sense. Um, and and those people became more and more, and then the movement grew and grew. And you know the the initial homeschoolers, a lot of them were doing it against the law. Now it's legal in every state, and and all of that. And so as the movement has grown, then you have you have kids who are child actors or or champion horse riders or champion skaters, right? And and they can't afford the eight-hour days in the public system or in any, in any school system. And so those people have gravitated toward home education. Um, so now it's comprised of just a whole plethora of different types of, of students. And so, of course, you're going to see better, better test scores. And, and, um, and, 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 of course, the argument is, well, if a parent takes this on for themselves, then they're going to be darn sure that the child will be better educated or, or educated. Well, well, Ellen, and and that, that's a valid argument. Right. And typically the, a child of a homeschool home comes from a particular environment where they say, you know, parents are more likely to be together and they, they have a higher income and things like that. And you could look at the public school students in those same environments and maybe they would be doing just as well, if not better than their, you know, cohorts in school. I yeah. want to get to the socialization yeah. thing. Um, and, and, I don't know if it's your phone or my phone that's making that that funny noise, but um, I have friends and clearly a ton of friends who teach in the public school system and they happen to be Christians. And I've always heard the stereotype in the argument that suggests, hey, look, if you send your kids to public school, they're going to learn secular humanism. Nobody's going to be sympathetic to their faith. They're going to learn not to believe in God and things like that, which, first of all, I don't agree with because I've seen a number of school systems where that that's not happening. They can still believe in Jesus. Faith is talked about in the classroom. Um, Now, I I won't tell the ACLU which schools those are because I don't want them to, to, to come up again. It, but the socialization thing, <laughs> I, I have a friend who says, well, what I worry about is that all the Christian kids are going to be off getting homeschooled and they won't get to be salt and light for all the public kids who need public school kids who need that access to people that are, are you know, serving as, as light and salt. And so so what do you think about that? And also, do you think homeschool kids get enough socialization? We've got about four or five minutes left, just so you know. So uh, let's see. First of all, I think that um, the schools absolutely teach a worldview that is not compatible with Christianity because they absolutely teach evolution. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, evolution goes, flies in the face of Christianity. In fact, the schools teach survival of the fittest, which when it boils down to it means that life has no value because it's an accident. You're an accident of nature. So to that end, I guess you and I will disagree, even though there are teachers who are providing salt and light. The second point, uh, whether whether children should be providing salt and light, I'm sorry, that's not the job of my child. That's the job of the adults around the child, in my opinion. I wouldn't want to burden a child with that responsibility. Um, and I've seen and I've heard I've heard a lot of people sort of do that, and I, I think that that's that, that somehow that's that's somewhat misguided mm-hmm. um, because far more students are now graduating college professing to be Christian than they get to sorry graduating high school professing to be Christian. of them are non-Christian once they graduate college. So there's something wrong with the way that we're raising our Christian children when we send them to, uh, to our, our, say, public schools. Mm -hmm. Let's just generalize, right? 
Um, and obviously that's not every case, but if the church is losing 85% of churchgoers, it's not a good thing for the church. It's not a good thing for the culture and the community, and it's certainly not a good thing for America, because our freedom rests on the pillars of, of Judeo-Christianity. Um, and then the the last question, I can't remember. I, I <laughs> there were too many. Very briefly, do, do you think, and I know that there are consortiums. Oh, yes, yes. Socialization. So I'm raising a, a daughter who is an extreme introvert. It would be the worst possible thing that I could do for her to send her to school every day. The okay. absolute worst. In fact, uh, somebody called, uh, sent an email asking about her own introverted daughter, and my daughter's res- uh, who goes to public school. And my daughter's response to her was, "Okay, so let's assume that you're an extrovert because this is something that really concerns you, and it doesn't concern me. But let's assume you're the extrovert." Take for a moment, if somebody locked you in a room without any access to anybody else for eight hours a day and then told you they were going to do that again the next day and the day after that, how would you feel? Because what you're doing to your daughter is you're making her feel very alone in a room full of people. Yeah. As opposed to what you think you're doing is somehow serving her by forcing her out of her out of her cocoon or whatever. Yeah, the so, school environment you know, is, is geared for the extrovert. I would agree with you on that. Well, there are two sides to the coin, right? Um, my, I, I knew a, a child who was a, an extreme extrovert. Boy, he made a great bully. He just was all over that because he wanted children to obey him, and he was very effective. So I'm not, and that's the school atmosphere because the school atmosphere teaches ageism, and um, and and all of that stuff also. So it's not like the school gets it done correctly and everybody else has to try to aspire to that standard because the standard that the schools are setting is not the standard that we have been i don't know brainwashed to believe it is and, and because, i mean i hated school and i excelled at school and i hated every day yeah and yeah really like my daughter my daughter struggles with it even though she's an a student she struggles with enjoying school and so and and, and my son i think liked it more than she did so we got to wrap up but let me just say a couple of quick things first of all i love your passion i, I love that you've Thank really you. considered all factors and that you've tried all factors you're not just saying this having not tried it i i know that there are a ton of parents out there that think how can i homeschool because we have to have two incomes i don't know how to do this but but um, Sam would urge you to investigate some modifications of that and she talks about those um, in her book as well but um, I, I just want to say this one last thing and we're going to talk about the public school system in the end we, we took a little Facebook survey and and the mamas who answered were so reasonable I mean some said I prefer public some said I prefer private some per- said I prefer homeschool but most of them said I would suggest it depends on the child and that you have to see what your kid wants to do and if you have an extrovert who just wants to be at school all day fine whatever now I would I have an advantage because I live in a rural district I know all the teachers you know I my husband's there at the school so that was a different public school experience for us and and I had confidence in that Um, but that you know most people don't have that so so I love what you told people today if they want to find out more if they want to find your movies the marriage devotional that you did with your husband uh, if they want to find your book on homeschooling uh, how do they find you Sam yeah, so it's uh, all things Sam Sorbo at samsorbo.com. The movie is streaming on Amazon. It's called Let There Be Light. The book is called Bear Your Kids, An Inspirational Journey from Self-Doubter to Homeschool Advocate. And there's a new book that my husband and I just came out with called True Faith, Embracing Adversity to Live in God's Light. You can find all that information on my website as well as the, the free mini devotional that we put together um, is available at my website and uh, we're happy to send that out to you. And it's really cute. It's got a bunch of photos in it and stuff. And 
we just want to uphold marriage. We believe in marriage. Um, it's hard. It's hard work, but it's worth it. We're 22 years now and still counting. I'm going to give them another year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're pretty darling. The two of your whole family is gorgeous. Let's just be honest. Um, and and oh, I love your you. I love your thoughtfulness. And I love that you are just trying to advocate. I for want something to encourage. That, yeah. Yeah. I want to encourage parents. I want to empower parents. You don't have to rely on a system to educate your children. You can do it. Yeah. And there are lots of different ways to get it done. You can hire a, a retired school teacher or you can join a co-op. Um, but it is a journey of a lifetime. And I wouldn't want you sacrificing your children and the relationship with your children that you might have. Um, because of convenience or because of uh, sort of what's always been done. Yeah. So and the relation. I really encourage them. The relational piece is very important. It's one reason that I kept my kids at home a year extra so that I could school them uh, in the preschool and kindergarten years. But but I love yeah. I love what you have to say. Um, if if we lived in the same city, I said I would make you be my friend. Um, <laughs> thank you. Me. Thanks so much for being on the show, <laughs> Sam. Take care. My best to you and your family. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. This is the time in the show where I remind you of how important you are as mamas. Uh, the world may overlook you. You may not get thanks. You may not get accolades or cheering on. People may not understand how overwhelmed you are in some days, how exhausted you are. I'm here to thank you for all you do as a mama, how dedicated you are to raising your babies well, no matter what education you choose. I just thank you for being de- uh, you know, dedicated. Uh, let me tell you, next week, public school, we're going to look at that. My husband, he's kind of an expert. He's done a lot of research. He's going to be the guest next week, so tune in for that. And check us out at ChannelMom.com. Donate. Pray for us. Be a part of one of our ministries. Get some help. We'd love if you do that. Thanks so much for tuning in to Channel Mom today. If you enjoy what you hear on Channel Mom Radio, and if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families, then why don't you come alongside the efforts of Channel Mom? We'd like to offer you our partner package today. We'll send you a Channel Mom's Best Tips for Moms, as well as a beautiful bling t-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at ChannelMom.com. We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America. But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM, and you'll see our donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family.